The Fisherman and His Wife A Fairy Tale by the Brothers Grimm A Fairy Tale for the letters F and W There once upon a time was a fisherman who lived with his wife in a, mis- in a miserable hove close by the sea, and every day he went out fishing. And as once he was sitting with his rod, looking at the clear water, his line suddenly went down, far down below, and when he drew it up again, he brought out a large flounder. Then the flounder said to him, Hark, you fisherman, I pray you, let me live, I am no flounder, but really an enchanted prince. What good will it do for you to kill me? I should not be good to eat. Please put me back in the water and let me go. Come, said the fisherman. There is certainly no need to speak so many words. A fish that can talk, I certainly will let you go anyhow. And with that, he put the fish back into the clear water and the flounder went to the bottom, leaving a long streak of blood behind him. Then the fisherman got up and went home to his wife. Husband, said the woman, have you caught nothing today? No, said the man. I did catch a flounder who said he was an enchanted prince, so I let him go again. Did you not wish for anything first, said the woman? No, said the man. What should I have wished for? Said the woman. It is surely hard to live in this always dirty hole. You might have wished for a small cottage for us. Go back and call him. Tell him we want a small cottage. He will certainly give us that. Ah, said the man. Why should I go there again? Why, said the woman. You did catch him and you let him go again. He is sure to do it. Go at once. The man still did not quite like to go, but he did not like to oppose his wife. And he went out to the sea. When he got out there, the sea was all green and yellow and no longer smooth. So he stood still and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me. For my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I have her will. And the flounder came swimming to him and said, Well, what does she want then? Ah, said the man. I did catch you, and my wife says I really ought to have wished for something. She does not like to live in a wretched hole any longer. She would like to have a cottage. Go then, said the flounder. She already has it. And when the man went home, his wife was no longer in the hole, but instead of it, there stood a small cottage, and she was sitting on the bench before the door. Then she took him by the hand and said to him, Just come inside, look. Now is a great deal better. So they went in, and there was a small porch, and a pretty little parlor, and a bedroom, and a kitchen, and a pantry with the best of furniture, and fitted up with the most beautiful things made of tin and brass, whatsoever was there that they wanted. And behind the cottage there was a small yard, with hens and ducks, and a little garden with flowers and fruit. Look, said the wife, is it not nice? Yes, said the husband. And so we must always think. Now we will live quite contented. We will think about it, said the wife. With that, they ate something and went to bed. Everything went well for a week or a fortnight. And the women said, Hark you, husband. This cottage is far too small for us, and the garden and yard are little. The flounder might just as well have given us a larger house. I should like to live in a great stone castle. 
Go to the flounder and tell him to give us a castle. Oh, wife, said the man. The cottage is quite good enough. We should live in a, should we live in a castle? What, said the woman? Just go there. The flounder can always do that. No, wife, said the man. The flounder has just given us a cottage. I do not like to go back so soon. It might make him angry. Go, said the woman. He can do it quite easily and will be glad to do it. Just go. Ask him. The man's heart grew heavy and he would not go. He said to himself, it's not right. And yet he went. And when he came back to the sea of the water and was quite purple and dark blue and gray and thick and no longer green and yellow, but it was still quiet. And he stood there and said, flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray thee here to me for my good wife, good Isabel wills not as I have her will. Well, what does she want then? Said the flounder. Alas, said the man, half scared. She she wants to live in a great stone castle. Go to it then. She is standing before the door, said the flounder. Then the man went away, intending to go home. When he got there, he found a great stone palace and his wife standing on the steps, going in. And she took him by the hand and said, Come in! So he went in with her. And in the castle was a great hall, paved with marvel and many servants, who flung wide open the doors. And the walls were bright, with beautiful hangings and the rooms and chairs and tables of pure gold and the crystal chandeliers hung from the ceiling and the rooms and the bedrooms had carpets and the food and wine on the table were the best of all. So there nearly broke down beneath it. Behind the house too, there was a great courtyard with stables of horses and cows and the very best carriages. There was a magnificently large garden too with the most beautiful flowers and fruit trees and a park quite half a mile long in which stags and deers and hares and everything that could be desired. Come, said the woman. Isn't it beautiful? Yes, indeed, said the man. Now let it be. We will live in this beautiful castle and be content. We will consider about that, said the woman, and sleep upon it. Thereupon they went to bed. The next morning, the wife awoke first and it was just daybreak and from her bed, she saw the beautiful country lying before her. Her husband was still stretching himself. So she poked him in the side with her elbow and said, get up husband and just peep out of the window. Look you, couldn't we be the king over all that land? Go to the flounder, we will be the king. Ah, wife, said the man, why should we be king? I do not want to be a king. Well, said the wife, if you won't be king, I will go to the flounder, for I will be king. Wife, said the man, why do you want to be king? I do not like that you want to say that to him. Why not, said the woman, go to him this instant. I must be the king. So the man went and was quite unhappy because his wife wished to be king. It's not right. It's not right, he thought. And he did not want to go, but he did as she wished. And when he came to the sea, it was quite dark and gray, and the water heaved up from below and smelt purid. When he went and stood by it, he said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray thee, here to me, for my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I have her will. Well, what does she want then? said the flounder. 
Alas, said the man, she wants to be king. Go to her, she is already king. So the man went, and when he came to the palace, the castle became much larger and had a great tower and magnificent ornaments. And then Centennial was standing before the door, and there were numbers of soldiers with kettle drums and trumpets. And when he went inside the house, everything was of real marble and gold with velvet covers and great golden tassels. Then the doors of the hall were opened and there was a court in all its splendor, his wife sitting high on the throne of gold and diamonds with great crown of gold on her head and a scepter of pure gold and jewels in her hand. And on both sides of her stood her maids in waiting in a row, each of them always one head shorter than the last. Then when he went and stood before her, and said, Ah, wife, and now you are a king. Yes, said the woman, now I am king. So he stood and looked at her. And when he had looked at her thus for some time, he said, And now that you are king, let all else be. Now we will wish for nothing more. Nay, husband, said the woman, quite anxiously. I find time pass very heavily. I can't bear it no longer. Go to the flounder. I am king, but I must be emperor too. Alas, wife, why do you wish to be emperor? Husband, she said, go to the flounder. I will be the emperor. Alas, wife, said the man. He cannot make you emperor. I may not say that to a fish. There is only one emperor in the land. An emperor, the flounder, cannot make you. I assure you, he cannot. What? said the woman. I am the king and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go this moment? Go at once. And if he can make a king, he can make an emperor. That fish will do as I wish. I will be the emperor. Go instantly. So her husband was forced to go. And as the man went, he, however, was troubled in his mind and thought to himself, it will not end well. It will not end well. Emperor is too shameless. The flounder will at last be tired out. And with that, he reached the sea, and the sea was quite black and thick and began to boil up from below, so that it threw up bubbles and such a sharp wind blew over it that it curdled and the man was afraid. And when he went and stood by it and said, Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray for thee. Here to me, for my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I have her will. Well, what does she want then, said the flounder. Alas, flounder, he said, my wife wants to be emperor. Go to her, the flounder said, she is emperor already. So the man went, and when he got there, the whole palace was made of polished marble and alabaster figures and gold ornaments, and the soldiers were marching before them, and the doors were wide open, trumpets blowing, and the beating cymbals and drums. And in the house, barons and courts and dukes were going about as servants. They opened the door to him, which was of pure gold. And when he entered, there sat his wife on a throne, which was made of one piece of gold and was quite two miles high. And she wore a great golden crown that was three yards high, full of diamonds, and stood beside her, the Yemen of the guard in two rows, each being smaller than the one before him, from the biggest giant who was two miles high to the very smallest dwarf, just as big as my little finger. And before it stood a number of princes and dukes. 
Then the man went and stood among them and said, Wife, are you emperor now? Yes, she said. Now I am emperor. Then he stood and looked at her, and he had looked at her for thus some time and said, Ah, wife, be content now that you are emperor. Husband, she said, why are you standing there? Now I am emperor, but I will be pope too. Go to the flounder. Alas, wife, said the man, what will you not wish for? You cannot be pope. There is but one in Chesteldom. He cannot make you pope. Husband, said she said, I will be the pope. Go immediately. I must be the pope. This day, very instant. No, wife, said the man. I do not like to say that to him. That would not do. It is too much. The flounder cannot do that. Husband, she said, what nonsense. If he can make me the emperor, he can make me the pope. Go to him directly. I am the emperor and you are nothing but my husband. Will you go at once? And then he was afraid and went. But he was quite faint and shivered and shook and his knees and legs trembled with a high wind blew and over the land and the clouds flew towards the evening grew dark in the leaves from the trees and the water rose and roared as if it were boiling and splashing upon the shore and in the distance he saw ships which were firing guns in the shore needed pitching and tossing upon the waves and yet in the midst of the sky there was still a small bit of blue though on every side it was as red and as heavy as a storm so full of despair he went and stood in much fear and said Flounder, flounder in the sea, come, I pray to thee, hear to me, for my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I'd have her will. Well, what does she want then, said the flounder. Alas, said the man, she wants to be pope. Go to her then, and the fl said the flounder, she is pope already. So he went, and when he got there, he saw what seemed to be a large church surrounded by palaces. He pushed his way through the crowd inside, however. Everything was lighted, lit up with thousands and thousands of candles, and his wife was clad in gold, and she was sitting on a much higher throne, and had three great golden crowns round about her head, which must, with much splendor. And on both sides of her were rows of candles, largest which was tall as the tallest tower, down to the very smallest kitchen candle. And all the emperors and kings were on their knees before her, kissing her shoes. Wife, said the man, and looked attentively at her. Are you Pope now? Yes, she said, I am Pope. So he stood and looked at her, and as if he were just looking at the bright sun, when he stood looking at her, thus for a short time he said, Ah, wife. If you are Pope, let do let well alone. But she looked as stiff as a post and did not move or show any signs of life. Then he said, Wife, now that you are Pope, be satisfied. You cannot become anything greater. I will consider about that, said the woman. Thereupon both went to bed, and she was not satisfied, and her greediness let her have no sleep, for she was continually thinking that there was what there was left for her to be. The man slept well and soundly, for he had run about the great deal during the day, but the woman could not fall asleep at all, and flung herself from one side to the other side of the bed all through the night, thinking always, what more could she be? What is there left to be? But in, unable to call to mind anything else. At length, the sun began to rise, and when the woman saw the red of dawn, she sat up in bed and looked at it, and thought through the window, 
she saw the sun rising and said, can I not too order the sun and the moon to rise? Husband, she said, poking him in the ribs of her elbows. Wake up, go to the flounder. I wish to be the highest of them all. The man's still half asleep. He was so horrified that he fell out of bed. He thought he must have heard a miss and rubbed his eyes. Alas, wife, what are you saying? Husband, she said, if I can order the sun and the moose to rise and I have looked on and I've seen the sun and moon rising, I can't bear it. I shall not know what it is to have another happy hour unless I can make them rise myself. Then she looked at him so terribly that a shudder ran over him and said, she said, go at once. I wish to be the highest of them all. Alas, wife, said the man, falling to his knees before her. The flounder cannot do that. He cannot make an emperor a pope, the highest of them all. You are, that is the highest of them all, the pope. Then she fell into a rage and her hair flew widely about her head and she cried, I will not endure this. I will not bear it any longer. Will you go? And then he put on his trousers and ran away like a madman. But outside, a great storm was raging and blowing so hard that he could scarcely keep his feet. Houses and trees were toppling over. Mountains were trembling. Rocks were rolling into the sea. The sky was pitch black and it thundered and lightened. And the sea came in with black waves as high as the church towers and mountains, all with crests of white foam at the top of them. Then he cried, but could not hear his own words. Flounder, flounder in the sea. Come, I pray thee, hear to me. For my wife, good Isabel, wills not as I her will. Well, what does she want then, said the flounder. Alas, he said, she wants to be the highest of them all. Go to her and you will find her back again in the dirty hove. And there they are living at this very time. The End <laughs>